0: Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants.
1: Here, so we've got to go out and show we can do it without them.
0: You know what? If you don't want to be here, it is what it is, and hold out ten weeks. It's totally fine with us. Like as a team, we're, we're totally fine. It takes eleven guys, not just one. In the ultimate team sport, we've created a, a league of individuals. So you're not getting younger. So. Win it, get paid next year. I'm tired of antics. No
1: one wins when the family feuds. At the end of the day, we a family. We come to be a part.
2: One person doesn't make or break it. We've got a lot of weapons. Uh, We like to have them out there, but but we've got guys that can make plays for us. It's
1: laid down over the
0: Steelers and we're we're the Steelers and we're gonna play as the Steelers.
2: Here's
3: an intriguing topic for our football Friday. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reporting that all indications are the Steelers plan to use the transition tag on free agent running back Le'Veon Bell. Per reporter Jerry Dulac, under no circumstance would the Steelers consider actually keeping Bell. The idea would be have Bell sign the tag, matching an offer sheet from another team, and then trading Bell for compensation. Here's how the transition tag works. It's a one-year tender and an amount that's the average of the top ten salaries at that player's position. It guarantees the original club the right of 1st refusal to match any offer that that player receives from another team. It can only be used if the franchise tag is not implemented by that team in that offseason. You got it? Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Take that going out the door.
3: Then (laughs) hi. Welcome to NFL Live here with Dan Graziano, Teddy Bruschi, I'm Susie Kalber. What are we calling this, Teddy? Today? Yes. Speculation, Speculation Station. Station. Oh, let's go, Suze. Right, so the train that, just pulled in. The train. <laughs> Woo! All right. So we're going to take this bell stuff and run with it. Remember, he sat out all of last season hoping to stay healthy before signing a mega deal. So break this down for us. What yeah. does this all mean? Please. You
0: know, first, first of all, in that graphic, it says average of the top 10 at his position for transition tag. But since he's been tagged before, twice with the franchise tag, the, the CBA indicates that it would actually be 120% of his last negotiated contract, which would be the 2017 franchise tag of $12.1 million. So the, the transition tag would be $14.5 million. So that's one thing to factor in here. There is no reason for the Steelers to do this other than pure vindictiveness and spite. That's it. I mean, it does not gain them anything to do it. In fact, if they tag him and someone else signs him, they don't even get draft pick compensation in return. They 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 can't even get
1: a sixth or seventh round pick. No, they would get, would get
0: nothing in return. Now, they could... You know, if they tag him and then rescind the tag, then there's a rule that says you could, he could still be eligible for a comp- compensatory pick. But it, it's, a, it's a weird game that, that they're sort of seeming to threaten to try and play. Ultimately, I would be, I'd still be surprised if they did this. It, it would be very rare to see an NFL team make a financial decision this size just to, just just to, to spite a player. And it would take his cooperation,
3: out. too, right? To well, not his-
0: really. I mean, if they transition, the way the transition tag works is another team can make an offer and then you have three days to match it. And if you don't match it, he goes to the other team and you don't get draft pick compensation. If you do match it, he stays on your team for that deal. But the Steelers, and we've talked about this before on this show, The Steelers have a very set way of doing their contracts, which is they the only guarantee they put in a contract is the signing bonus and the first year salary. That's it. They don't guarantee anything beyond the first year. So it would be very easy for a team to design a contract offer that the Steelers wouldn't match. All you do is guarantee them a million dollars next year, and the Steelers, you know they're not going to do that. So the whole thing seems like... I'm sure this is. they want to exercise some degree of control over this situation, but ultimately I don't think they're going to be able
1: to. As a player in, in the locker room for the Steelers, if there's any way we can better our team, if you want to do any type of tag, sure, get a draft pick or something like that. But if you're saying there's not, and if this is like a move of just spite on, on, on the way out, I'm, I thought we moved on from this. Can we just move on from this, let him go somewhere else so we can move on as a team? That's what I'd want.
3: So we haven't seen him play since January of 2017 in the divisional round. Can you remind us just why he's so valuable? I, you know,
1: I think we do because we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell play in so long, and it's like it's flashback Friday. So just a quick reminder as to why we keep talking about this guy, because he can change an offense and make them a lot better. In a couple different ways, and that's been his position throughout the contract negotiation. I'm
0: not just a running back. Right. I'm also your second or third that's best right. receiver. That's right. And I think that you know that's part of why he has held out he – He skipped the whole season, as we know, because he didn't feel like the Steelers were valuing him sufficiently, and he wanted to make sure to get to the market healthy. So the questions now become, you know, do you think sitting out a year hurts his chances of getting that big contract? Do you think it helps it? I think there's a little bit of opinion both ways on that around the league right now. It'll come down to these teams that have a lot of cap space. Are they willing to give him the Todd Gurley contract, or bigger than that, that he is seeking? And uh, if not, then
1: that gamble of sitting out a whole year could end up having backfired. And besides, Susie, that old film we're showing you do I need to see him, see him physically? Yeah. Do I need to have him work out? I need to see what you can still yes. do. I have no idea where you've been. And so it's not like I have a uh, uh, some tape from last year to say this is where way he is. What's your weight? All of this stuff. Have you been working out? Who have you been training with? A lot of questions that you would want to not only have answered, but also see him different than the other free agents who have that last year's as a film.
3: And just to correct myself, it's the divisional playoffs 2017 but it's january right, 2018 right. so it's not quite yes. as old as what i made it out to be but still he's a running back in his prime he's about to turn 26 and he has fresh legs if there's mm-hmm. rust with that yeah but he's a running back with fresh legs that, that's not something you No, come he's across uh, he's often. a
1: healthy running
0: back he is i mean of all the guys 27, 27 years old
3: the still
1: right out. there he's a few years under 30 he's got a lot of good football left in him
3: As the offseason rolls on, our Adam Schefter reported this morning that the Broncos have informed linebacker Brandon Marshall that they will likely not exercise his option, making him an unrestricted free agent when the league year begins March 13th. The oft-injured 29-year-old Marshall played in 11 games last season, and he tweeted, much love for Broncos country, still not over yet, but being injured two out of the last three years after the Super Bowl killed me that's life. I'll land on my feet as I always do. Big week of news in the NFL. One of the top headlines, the proposed trade of Baltimore's one-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback Joe Flacco to the Broncos. The trade can't be officially processed until the new league year begins. But will this offseason be as busy with trades as the last? The 2018 offseason was filled with trades. The the Chiefs shipped Alex Smith to Washington, ultimately starting the Patrick Mahomes era in Kansas City. Cleveland needed some wide receiver help, so GM John Dorsey went out and managed to snag the catch machine Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins. The Giants sent Jason Pierre-Paul to the Bucks. JPP's 12 and a half sacks in 2018 were the most by a Bucks player since Simeon Rice in 2005. After one year in New England, the Pats traded deep threat Brandon Cooks to the Rams, marking the second straight offseason Cooks had been traded. And Rams' moves certainly didn't stop there. L.A. beefed up its secondary by trading for Aqib Tlaib from Denver and acquiring Marcus Peters from Kansas City. As we welcome you to the film room brought to you by Verizon, Dan, how active do you think this trade season is going to be?
0: I think it could be. Last year could start to become the norm. I mean, teams are more comfortable with it than they used to be. The way compensatory picks work now where you can trade them, that has an impact, right? Because, yeah, there's more picks available to trade. Uh, and player-for-player trades become more popular for similar reasons because teams are so conscious of that compensatory pick formula. We, we lose a free agent, we might gain one. We sign a free agent, we might lose one. You trade for a guy, it doesn't cost you anything in terms of those draft picks. Uh, so player-for-player trade keeps, is a way around that. So as, as teams become more comfortable with it, I think it will continue to be the norm.
3: And as we continue rolling into speculation station. Now on ESPN+, Plus, a panel of NFL experts answer questions to set up the offseason. And one of the topics, they predicted offseason trades that help both sides. Start your free ESPN Plus trial today by downloading the app or visiting ESPNPlus.com. So, Dan, since you are part of this panel, let's start with you. Your trade scenario. Jags trade running back Leonard Fournette to the Eagles for quarterback Nick Foles.
0: Two problems solved. Sounds right? good.
3: How about that? Like
0: Fournette, obviously, if the Jaguars at the end of the season sounded like they were done with him, you know, talk talk about voiding his guaranteed money as a result of his suspension. They didn't like, you know, they was kind of in and out of the lineup. So yeah, I mean, if they're done with him, he's got a couple years left on his rookie deal. The Eagles are done with Foles. They're not going to pay him what he wants, and they're going to go back to Carson Wentz. They need a running back. He'd be like their LeGarrette Blunt from a couple of years ago, only, only better.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't know if it can happen, but I like it. I mean, I think it would solve both teams' problems. Sure makes sense. Next up, okay, this is for you, Teddy. Okay. Fantasy writer Mike Clay's trade prediction. Dolphins trade wide receiver Devante Parker to the Colts for quarterback Jacoby Brissett. You think this makes sense?
1: Well, it it does for the Miami Dolphins because I mean they need a quarterback, and then mean if they get rid of Ryan Tannehill, here comes Jacoby Brissett, and he's the type of guy that you know his teammates love him. He's a hard worker. He can get things done as you're trying to develop a system, and also also on defense, also. But I'd be careful. I don't like this deal because. The quality that Jacoby Brissett provides as a backup quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. I just know he's valued in that locker room and getting rid of that piece. All of a sudden you have Andrew Luck. What happens if it's a minor injury and Andrew has to miss one or two games? I think Jacoby's that type of player that can go in there. You can go one and one, get lucky, and maybe win two games. That's a very valuable piece to get rid of.
0: Yeah, GMs talk about that. The backup quarterback is not the 53rd guy on the roster or even close. It's a very valuable position because, as you mentioned, you never, ever know what's going to happen to your quarterback. A
3: young quarterback with starting experience. Here's what Chris Ballard said, the general manager, at least publicly. It would take somebody doing something that would absolutely blow me away. So it does sound likely <laughs> that he's going to be I don't think that there.
0: would do it. No offense to Devontae, but I don't think at this point that would do it.
3: Okay, Dan, here's the next one. Field Yates, his trade prediction, that helps both teams. Bills trade running back LaShawn McCoy to the Eagles for a 2019 fifth round pick. What do you think about that? Well, assuming
0: the Fournette-Foles trade falls apart, you know, this would be a good fallback. No, I mean, look, McCoy, obviously a, a strong connection there, started his career in Philly didn't want to leave, got traded, you know, when Chip Kelly was running the show there. So, uh, yeah, it would make some sense. The Eagles are are going to be looking for a running back that can kind of be the guy in that offense. And McCoy has a history of that. What's he got left at his age? It feels like it's been four or five years of speculating that LeSean McCoy is almost done. Uh, and and uh, last year, obviously, issues, but there are a lot of issues in Buffalo, period. So, yeah, this would be a guy that, I mean, the fans would probably love
1: to see him back. I think that'd be a, a nice reunion. Yeah, I mean, LaShawn McCoy can still help a team. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's the every down running back that he is anymore. But uh, you know, this is a guy where you know you get a good offensive line in front of him. He can still have production.
3: Final trade prediction for you, Teddy. This is from national writer Kevin Seifert. Dolphins trade cornerback Xavier Howard to the Raiders for the number twenty-four overall draft pick. What do you think? Now, who
1: are you going to get at twenty-four? I mean, I don't know because Brian Flores going over there. I mean, he knows how valuable a corner is in a system, a system that he wants to Im- install there. And really, there isn't a system because every week it's going to be changing, just like the way he used Stefan Gilmore in New England, using him that particular way. So that's a very valuable piece for an unknown piece in draft capital. I would keep him in Miami if I was Flores in the Dolphins. But
3: that, they have such a rebuilding project to go through. Can they so the afford it? The new him? coaching
0: staff, changes in the front office, and this is a player who at some point soon they're going to have to pay. So yeah. if they were to move on from him, uh, they would, that would be the reason why. But to get a first-round pick, I mean, if this is a player that's going to cost you money and you're not 100% sold, and someone's offering you a first-round pick, as in this hypothetical... Uh, situation, you'd have to think about it.
1: If, if Howard embodies everything that Flores wants in yeah. terms of a defensive leader, in terms of the corner, he can do everything I want. This is a move where a new coach can say, "I want this type of player." All right, I'm talking about values. I'm talking about team first. I'm talking about unselfishness. Is this the guy? Is this is this my Gilmore? Or right, if he is, I'm going to show all of you on the team this. These are the guys we take care of. These are the guys that we want around, and you want a contract, play like Howard has for us, and embody what he's all about, and then you, you set that standard.
3: And again, nothing can be finalized until the new league year kicks in March the 13th. Recapping our lead story, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reporting that all indications are the Steelers plan to use the transition tag on free agent. Le'Veon Bell. Per reporter, Jerry Dulac, under no circumstance would the Steelers consider actually keeping Bell. The idea would be have him sign the tag, match an offer sheet from another team, and then trade Bell for compensation. And this simply confirms what Adam Schefter first reported on Super Bowl Sunday. But again, we're, you know, it's the offseason and this is speculation station, speculation station. So yeah, we're going to go with this. <laughs> so, and as we just continue to sort of clear up exactly what this means
0: well if they put the transition tag on him what that means is it'd be a one-year tender for in this case about fourteen and a half million dollars and if a team another team could make him an offer a formal offer sheet and if they do the Steelers have three days to match that offer if they don't he walks they don't get any draft picks in return if they do he stays on their team but the Reports indicate that they don't have plans to keep him. So the transition tag, as we said
1: earlier, doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless all they're do- trying to do is mess with him. Judging by what you're saying, Graz, it's all a game right now. And I want to get out of the on Bell game. If I'm in the Pittsburgh Steeler locker room, I want to come in to that offseason workout program where he is no longer in sight and no longer in our mouths that we have to talk about. And he has moved on. And so have we. Stop trying to hold on. If there's no benefit from it, I don't see why you should just move on from Le'Veon Bell and move on to the next season.
3: And that whole speculation station thing came about because this time of year, (laughs) there's a lot of ifs built into our rundown. So let's build some layers into this discussion. If... That happens then. So earlier this week, ESPN.com's Bill Barnwell wrote a piece called NFL's Offseason Dominoes about how one signing or trade this offseason can dictate several more moves. Barnwell laid out three scenarios for Le'Veon Bell. So let's look at them one at a time and discuss how plausible. So number one, Bell signs a five-year, $76 million deal with the Jets. Then what?
0: Well, the Jets, you know, they have tons of cap space. It's a move that would make sense for them. If they're looking for receivers to put around Sam Darnold, this year's market doesn't have a lot of those that blow you away. But as we talked about earlier, Le'Veon Bell can catch the ball, so maybe a dynamic weapon. So if, they, if they're if they the ones that throw that huge deal at him, uh, that would mean the Raiders don't get him, and, and they maybe they turn elsewhere, assuming they're not coming, bringing back Marshawn Lynch. To play wherever the Raiders are going to play this year. And, and, uh, yeah, the running back market kind of flows from there. I think, I think it's right to, to position Bell as the big domino. But, uh, you
1: know, Mark I, Ingram's another guy that's going to be looking for some money. And I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of Le'Veon Bell during this, during this piece here. Do I, do I want to go to New York and work with a young quarterback when I'm coming from a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger that play that just gave me so many targets and such, such quality play? Do I want to go there and go to a place where I'm probably... The chances of us winning the division are slim, okay, with being in the AFC East with the Patriots there. You know, Mark Ingram, if that's a domino that happens there, you're breaking up now in New Orleans, that Camara, that Ingram type of running back sort of situation. So now that the Saints are drastically a different team in the running back backfield, if that happens. You know, you say, does he want to play for a contender? I know it's New York. He was
0: on a contender last year. That's true. Chose not to play. So I think I, I, I hear what you're but saying. But they weren't treating him right. And all else being equal, if the, if the offers are similar. But if this number here is a lot bigger than anybody else's, I think all of a sudden the Jets start to look not too bad. We then do, let's
3: work with a bigger number. Let's okay. move on to the next scenario. And also keep in mind, by the way, too, with, with the Steelers, oh, how okay. good the offensive line was. You're also not going to find that everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Like with Rudy. the Raiders. But this would be five years, $85 million to the Raiders.
0: Rudin shelling out. He wouldn't pay <laughs> no, a lot of Khalil money. Mack yeah. or Amari Cooper, but you're going to pay Le'Veon. Look, I mean, it would make sense. You know, they they want to make a splash heading to Vegas in 2020. This is a superstar player that uh, would be someone who could help them do that. And five for eighty. I'm just doing the math. Five for eighty-five is seventeen a year. I would I would think that would get it done, Teddy, wouldn't you?
1: That's maybe that's the number he want. That's a, that's a nice number. Is that about what you made here? <laughs> no, yes. no. Yes. He's going to get his carries. He's going to get his targets. Gruden in that offense will find a way to give him those screen passes, you know, split him out as a receiver, use him any way coach Gruden possibly can because he knows how skilled he is. You know, it's, I don't know how much help you're going to get there, Le'Veon. In terms of, I mean, Coop's gone. You got Carr. Are they happy with Carr? How much production am I going to have? But maybe this is. You're right. Maybe that's. That's a good number. Eighty-five. Good offensive line too. That's not a bad offensive line. What do you think about this? Gore, Gore going to the Steelers. Yeah, one-year deal.
0: Yeah, one-year deal. I think that's about where Gore is at this point in his career. One-year deals. uh, unless he wants to retire, which he doesn't seem like he ever will, I think what this about is Adrian interesting. Peterson, right right there in this the is an interesting guy, and he that's the place gets he wants to dream. go. Right, exactly. He finally gets his dream. You know, Washington has, has kind of. I think they they're interested in re-signing him, but he may he may have a market. There may be a team or two that looks at him. You know, obviously, if he goes to Dallas, he's going to be a backup to Ezekiel Elliott. But and there are places where he might be able to get some carries. And what he showed last year. Is that he can still handle it? I, there's some pretty amazing, indestructible older guys on that list. Yeah, and so and this is this court. is a
1: different stop on the speculation station here. So I'm liking how I'm liking how this ends with Mark Ingram returns yeah. in New Orleans and keeping that offense intact, the power aspect of it. I, I just love that tandem so much of Ingram and Kamara, hoping they stay together, finding a way.
3: One more scenario, potential scenario for Bell. What about five for eighty to the Niners? Niners We're make a lot of money sense. here. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, this is
0: if these numbers are real, then I think he's he gets interested. Yeah, look at McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon, who they signed last year. There is no more guaranteed money left on that deal. So there's a situation where Jarek McKinnon could be cut by the Niners without ever having played a down for them because of his unfortunate injury right before the season. So yeah, I mean, look. The 49ers have high hopes uh, to build an offense around Jimmy Garoppolo, and they liked McKinnon a year ago, but who's to say they don't like this guy better? He's obviously much more proven right. in terms of all those things that McKinnon does for you. So they have, they have money to spend. They have cap space to burn. They have the quarterback locked up, and they want to build a team around him.
1: Interesting flipping here. Now Ingram will leave. The tandem that I love so much in New Orleans and go to Tampa Bay and then C J Anderson replacing him on a one year, three million dollar deal. So it be Kamara, C J Anderson is that same po- is that the same pop for that offense? I think you take a little bit of a downgrade there, although C.J. Anderson did great things for the Rams this year. It's not a
0: bad deal for Tevin Coleman either. I'm interested to see what his market is like. Can he sell himself as an every-down back? He's been part of a tandem there in Atlanta with Devontae Freeman. You know, he's subbed in for him when, he, when Freeman's been hurt, but you know, do you trust him to be your guy for the whole season, or does he have to be part of a committee? Regardless, this is a fascinating journey through Barnwell's mind, and I, really, <laughs> yeah. I think what we should thank him for the content. And that's,
1: always, that's always a shift. Um... You know, body wise, in terms of when you become someone that's in a rotational aspect of a job, till all of a sudden you're every down, can the body hold up? Yeah.
3: What if we leave Bill Barnwell's mind now and you are now Le'Veon Bell's agent? What's the best fit?
0: I've been saying the Houston Texans. And they have, you know, they have Lamar Miller, but they can get out of that. There's no more guarantee left on that. They're a contending team. They're a division champion. Uh, yeah. Three out of the last four years, I believe. You know, they they need to build their offensive line. That that's probably going to be an offensive pri- uh, an off season priority for them. But. You know, Levion's what uh, our guy Polian calls a, a BYOB back. Bring your own blocker. Like, he can function even if the blocking isn't fantastic mm-hmm. in front of him. Mm-hmm. So, he could help. You know, he could, if, uh, adding a guy like that helps you protect Deshaun Watson because it gives him another outlet
1: and, and, and all that. So, I, I can't, can't rule really. Him O'Brien, out. I mean, he, if, if he has back that he yeah. knows he can use in the passing game, too, he knows how to do that. Yeah, could be good for him. But for me, mm-hmm. I want it all for Lev. I want it all. And yes, Houston's a contender. I just like what I see in Indianapolis. I like mm. to see where they're going. And if I'm Lev and I'm looking at offensive lines, I see that offensive line awesome. and how it was yeah. playing over the course of the, the, the second half of the season. And, man, what if I got behind that offensive line? And could would I do that for just a little less money? I think that's what he'd have to he, – come. although they do have a lot of cap space. Nobody right, has more
0: cap space than the Colts. So they got the Nobody. money. Nobody.
1: They got the offensive line – they will be competitive in that South, in the AFC oh, yeah. South. So let's, were... let's see what we
0: can do.
3: Wow. Yeah. wow. If you're, wow. If to have if you're Le'Veon
1: Bell's
0: agent, the Colts are a team you have your eye
1: on and you
0: hope that mm-hmm. they're interested. We'll see if that's the case.
3: Bell has averaged 129 scrimmage yards per game throughout his career. That is the best in NFL history. Mm. And again, he's got fresh legs. Didn't I'll play at all last year. Yeah. GEICO presents Monster Counseling.
1: Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to... I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance.
3: Back on NFL Live, press coverage from the Lions. The team announced today they have released the following players. Wide receiver Bruce Ellington, linebacker Nicholas Grisby, and safety Glover Quinn. The move will create $6.25 in cap space for 2019 for the Lions. Teddy, it's that time of the year, but Quinn, that that seems like a surprise. And
1: a player that I I loved watching all, all this time in Detroit because, you know those players, Susie, where... You don't really know how they did it, but all they did was make plays. You know, play after play, whether it's a pick six or an interception, breaking up a pass, finding a way to get things done, you know, the D- Detroit Lions will miss his play.
3: Yes, as teams start to analyze their rosters and then build toward 2019. Okay, are you ready to reminisce? All right. Let's go back. This date in NFL history, February 15, 1996, Browns owner Art Modell fires head coach Bill Belichick after a fourth losing season in five years. Modell had already announced he was moving the franchise to Baltimore. Ted Marchabroda would become the first head coach of the Ravens. The rest is history. Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls and is among the best coaches in any sport. He has the most championships by any NFL head coach in the last 50 years, putting him in the company of coaches like Phil Jackson, Scotty Bowman, Nick Saban, and Joe Torrey. Saban is just one of several legendary coaches who have learned from and been impressed by Belichick over the years.
0: Just winning. You know, it's the only thing that's important for him.
2: I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and what he's been able to do.
1: No one has done it better than Bill in any sport.
0: We won four World Series in the first five years I I was with the Yankees. My team never had enough of it. So that's basically what I see from the New England Patriots. And the
2: Patriots are Super
3: He can stay, like, laser-focused to a greater degree for a longer
1: period of time than anybody else that I've ever really been around.
0: And the New England Patriots have won the Super Bowl.
1: They're demons in success that you have to beat. He's been able to do that.
3: Three out of four.
1: Yes, it's a dynasty really defines the expectation for everybody in the organization, creates a culture of accountability around that.
2: A fourth Lombardi trophy is headed to one Patriot place.
1: Success can make you complacent, can make you selfish, but to be at that level of a success, come on. A oh, and a title for the Patriots! I can't believe!
0: One thing about winning all the time is that everybody puts on their Sunday best to beat you. They make a name for themselves if they can beat the New England Patriots. He's number one for me. Number
3: one for a lot of people. Teddy, you played with him (laughs) in the first half of his tenure with the Patriots. How's he evolved over the years?
1: Well, your initial uh, impressions of him is just he's just tenacious. He never stops in terms of not only his preparation like those great coaches are talking about, but the way he talks to you as a player, the way he coaches you as a player, the way that you know he coaches everyone from quarterback to kicker. It's all the same. But still, it's his ability to change, in my opinion, because that drama that was going on last year was an effect of him being tenacious on a constant basis. All right? So... Fast forward to this year, having the most, let's say, team building exercises as they've ever had in that locker room, recognizing that there needs to be more, recognizing that sometimes the players' feelings now have to be addressed. And him finding his own way to do that, I think he's started to do that a little, bit, a, little, a little bit. So he still has that ability to change and still has a fine line of not in getting too close to the players because letting them know there's always a hard decision to be made, and if I have to make it, I will.
3: He did see him at the Super Bowl this year, I don't know, a little more engaged, like he was purposely enjoying it more. Would you say that's yeah, and valid? If
1: you, and, you, and if you notice that, that's big because... I've played in Super Bowls with him where, yes, he's been in a good mood, but still he, he was still that same coach that you saw throughout the regular season. And from what I was told, this postseason, things changed from the regular season. His his demeanor changed. He was much more yes. lighter. His energy had more energy about him, positive energy. Mm-hmm. Players like that.
3: 18 straight winning seasons. So anything he does, right, you're <laughs> not going to question. It's a good run. And one yeah. of the things they've done so well is – Put the last year, your Super Bowl champs, put that in the rear view mirror and move on. So, big question marks surrounding the wide receiving core going into 2019. Rob Gronkowski continues to contemplate retirement. Gronk, Tom Brady have linked up for 78 touchdowns, the fifth most by a QB receiver duo in NFL history. And also Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, Cordero Patterson are scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. You cannot talk Patriots without NFL Nations Mike Reese. So hi Mike. What do you Reese. think what do you think of the Susie. whole Gronk thing? We're like waiting each day to find out what his future will be. How will that impact how things play out here in the offseason?
2: Well, Susie, you know, they were gonna look at tight end regardless of what Gronkowski decided, and now, you know, if he ever retired, that would go to a higher level. I will tell you though. One thing boots to the ground here in New England. Gronkowski's actually been reporting to the facility a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Uh, whether that means he's coming back or not, I don't think we can go that far. But it does reflect that he's in a good state of mind right now coming off this season. Teddy talked about Bill Belichick being a little different in the playoffs. Well, Rob Gronkowski as well. Uh, he seemed very happy uh, leading into the Super Bowl and after that game.
1: Well, what I'd say about Gronkowski, if he's going to the facility over those last two weeks... I would say it's for treatment because definitely he took a big shot on the thigh and he said himself it swelled up and those type of contusions when you get hit on the thigh, you still need those. You still need those treatment. I would say I've been in those meetings with Coach Belichick when a season ends and he says this isn't a very emotional time. All right, guys, don't make decisions within the next few weeks. That's what he's told them already. I know he's told them in that meeting. I know Gronkowski heard him, he's referenced it also, he's letting the emotions dissipate a touch, see how his thigh feels, see how his body feels, but I know there are points during this year, Susie, Gronkowski was beat up, and he was beat up to the point where he was. You no, know, you can always tell but with Ron Rob. He's got a joy about him. He's, mm-hmm. You can just tell this he's happy, he's, he's joyful. I, this is this is football and I love it. Yes. And if that's gone, that's when he'll start redetermining what he wants to do.
3: All right, as we await the answer to that. Mike, what's the biggest priority then for the receiving core?
2: Well, you mentioned it. You have Chris Hogan, Philip Dorset, and Cordero Patterson all scheduled for unrestricted free agency, and you look back at how the Patriots handled last season. They traded for Josh Gordon, and all three of those players uh, were already on the roster. And that told you they felt like they needed an upgrade. Uh, last season. So I expect uh, uh, the Patriots to look hard at the wide receiver position around the league, Uh, whether Hogan's back, Dorsett's back, or Patterson. Regardless of that, that's going to be a position that seems to be a top priority for them this offseason.
1: I'd love to see Patterson back. They have an extra dimension with him. They used him at tailback. I mean, he's a kick returner. A lot of different things he can do. I'd love to see him back. They'd have to retool definitely along that receiving core once again, this is a domino of the Gronkowski decision because you can, the slot receiver, okay, it's Troy, Troy Brown, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, those type of guys. Yeah. Now, there's only one Rob Gronkowski, okay? You, you don't just replace a guy like that, a guy that can be, have that type of re- receiving pro- production and still be a blocker. If Rob decides to retire this offense is going to change dramatically and maybe they load up on more receiving threats.
3: All right, let's flip over to the defensive side. And Mike, their sack leader for 2018, Trey Flowers, unrestricted free agent. How do you see that playing out?
2: Well, Susie, there's a lot of pride in the organization at how Trey Flowers developed for them. A fourth round pick out of Arkansas played only four snaps as a rookie and then has emerged into a core player for them. And You know, he's everything this program really represents in the sense of he puts the team first. He's quiet. He doesn't make waves off the field. And he's a very good player who's versatile and can play a lot of different techniques along the defensive line. What's going to be interesting to watch his free agency unfold is how there's more Patriots influence around the NFL. Brian Flores in Miami, Matt Patricia in Detroit. You could say Mike Rabel in Tennessee, Bill O'Brien in Houston. You know, does their presence elsewhere maybe increase Trey Fowler? Trey Flowers' value on the open market. That's such
1: a great point, Reese, because all those other coaches that have these philosophies, what's your defensive system, Brian Flores? I don't really have one. It's whatever I decide in the lab throughout the week, and having a guy like Trey Flowers that can do all those things, that helps you get paid more. It's the scheme, but it's also having the great players like Flowers that can implement that scheme because there's a lot of players. No, 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 this is what I do. I'm a D-end. (laughs) I'm a DN. Get somebody else to go in there and be defensive tackling, do all that stuff. I'm not going to do that. Flowers does this for the New England Patriots.
3: There was a time that his production was actually under the radar. Led them in sacks three years, not anymore. And then what about, let's have the discussion about what changes for the Patriots now on defense with their D.C. gone.
1: Yeah, Coach uh, Reese, the coaching staff in terms of Shiano, I wanted to ask you about him. What do they plan to do with him? Does he get the title? What's his role? What do you think?
2: Well, Teddy, first of all, I'm fired up listening to you on the Telestrator with Trey Flowers. It's February 15th, and we're talking football. I sort of want to jump through the screen right now and get get in right there with you. Um, Greg Shiano's here, and Bill Belichick has long discussed how he loves the way he coaches defensive backs. Think about the Patriots with Devin McCourty, Logan Ryan, Daron Harmon, Jason McCourty. Those are all players coached by Greg Schiano in the secondary at Rutgers who have found a home in New England at one time or another. So what you're going to look at, don't think about titles. You know that Teddy in New England, Bill Belichick doesn't care about coordinator or anything like that. It's about everyone working together and as you envision the pieces coming together, it's Greg Schiano with a big influence on the secondary. Bill Belichick is going to have a big influence, as he always does on the front seven, and maybe you sort of pair those two things together with Brett Bielma, the former Arkansas coach who's still here uh, on the defensive line. You put it all together, and that's sort of the picture that's coming into focus.
1: Reese, yeah, it'll definitely be a collaboration, but this is what's so valuable to me, and it's gone all the way back to the coordinators of Romeo Cronell, Eric Mangini, Matt Patricia, Patricia, even if it was Rob Ryan in, in the linebacker rooms, okay? You get Belichick in a team meeting, and he- He beats you down he beats you down after you've made a mistake when you played a great game or whatever it may be but then you break up and you get into the defensive coordinator meeting rooms and if shiano is the voice he has to understand is he the type of guy that will bring the bring the fellas back up what kind of mentality does he have b flow Brian Flores, after the, my, uh, the miracle in Miami, went in front of that dang unit and said, that's on me, fellas, that's on me. Can Chiano get that type of respect from the players, and can he give that type of humility when he makes a mistake so the players relate to him? Because you know what you're getting in the team meeting room. McCourty knows. He's seen it for a decade. You can tell what Belichick's going to say before he even gets in the room. Chiano, what are you going to be? You're going to be with us. Can he be that positivity?
3: All right. I'm fired up, too. Mike, can you put your hand in? Everybody's hand in? Put your hand in, Mike. Put your hand in. Break it in. Down, down. Break out. Ready, break. That's why it's always fun to talk football all year long. Right. Thanks, Our Reese. thanks to Mike Reese. For many reasons, we are looking forward to the NFL scouting combine. NFL Live will be there all week, plus on Saturday, March 2nd, from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Trey and the guys will have special coverage of the quarterbacks and receivers' workouts. NFL Live will have reports all that week on ESPN and NFL Network. We'll have their usual full coverage Tuesday through Monday. The ESPN and ABC coverage will also be available on the ESPN app. And now this breaking news. The NFL, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed issued a joint statement today saying that they had resolved their grievance that had been filed against them. Here's a statement from Kaepernick and Reed's attorneys. For the past several months, counsel for Mr. Kaepernick And Mr. Reid have engaged in an ongoing dialogue with representatives of the NFL. As a result of those discussions, the parties have decided to resolve the pending grievances. The resolution of this matter is subject to a confidentiality agreement, so there will be no further comment by any party. And this statement from the NFLPA. Today, we were informed by the NFL of the settlement of the Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid collusion cases. We are not privy to the details of the settlement, but support the decision by the players and their counsel. We continuously supported Colin and Eric from the start of their protests, participated with their lawyers throughout their legal proceedings, and were prepared to participate in the upcoming trial in pursuit of both truth and justice for what we believe the NFL and its clubs did to them. We are glad that Eric has earned a job and a new contract and we continue to hope that Colin gets his opportunity as well. So, Dan, you've been digging into this. Uh, again, yeah. can you tell us what this all means? Well, it's very surprising to a lot
0: of people who followed this case because the thought was that, you know, and, and the union statement reflects a little bit of disappointment because they believe that some collusive activity did go on in terms of keeping these guys unemployed. And in Kaepernick's case, sort of continues. Uh, so it sounds like the union would have liked to see the grievance played out. You know, the idea would be if they had played out the grievance and, and gone to trial, uh, there would have been discovery, there would have been NFL owners whose testimony would have become public, uh, they would have been able to dig into internal communications. It's safe to assume the NFL didn't want any of that to happen, yeah. Yeah. and that this settlement is a result of a, of a large financial payment to the, uh, to the aggrieved parties. So we don't know the details of it. Hopefully we can find it out, but...
1: Um, Confidentiality agreement means it's going it, to be tricky. Dan, I'm, I'm confused myself. I mean, this is, this is because of the so-called collusion. And yeah. ex- explain to me collusion. Well, I
0: mean, collusion is, is a group of business owners in the same business
1: conspiring to
0: to deny employment or to suppress wages or to you know, engage in, in business practices that limit the free market. So, and Colin Kaepernick in Alleging Eric that, 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 alleging that it got happened. together and decided not to sign them. Now, the league has denied this. Commissioner Roger Goodell has consistently said, you know, it's up to teams uh, who to sign, who not to sign. The league doesn't have influence over that. That's been the party line. But uh, Kaepernick's now out of work for two years. Eric Reed took until during the season to sign last year even though he's one of the top safeties on the free agent market Uh, just got a new three-year contract earlier this week so uh, as referenced in the union statement but Kaepernick remains unemployed so um, yeah this was an effort by these players uh, and their attorneys and the NFLPA
1: to sort of find out if the
0: league was conspiring to keep these guys out of work. So
1: now we will not know if this was done, if there was collusion against to keep them out of work, I thought this was all about them on a mission to prove that it did. Yeah. Okay. And I was looking forward to see if this happened. So if this did happen, I was hoping they would go forward with it. I was hoping because with this, with this now, is this going to assure us that this will never happen again? No, it doesn't no? because of the confidentiality, because of the possible the possible financial payment, and now Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick can't say anything about it or any knowledge that they have of the case or anything that happened. So how are we better because of this moving forward? Now if Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed are happy, I'm good. That's good for you guys. But I just thought this was more about that. I thought there was something wrong that was happening based on Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, based on their experiences. I thought there was something wrong and that something had to be fixed. And so now I see this and I think maybe there wasn't. If they weren't willing to go to trial and weren't willing to go to the means of exposing something that they felt strongly about, maybe it was nothing in the first place. That's what I feel now. I mean, that, that they, you want to take a check and sign a confidentiality agreement and move on. I don't know if, it felt, if they felt that strongly for it. If this, if this was their decision, I'm all for it. I just thought there was something more to this than what just happened, than just this, this conclusion. Yeah.
3: So for the time being, Eric Reed is a Carolina Panther, just signed a new contract. Colin Kaepernick is not playing football. Still a lot of unknowns here. The wheeling and dealing really takes off in Indy with GMs and agents on the same turf. Expect lots of defensive talent to hit free agency, including Adomik and Sue, who spent last season with the L.A. Rams on a one-year deal worth $14 million. Sue's 30 batted passes since entering the NFL in 2010. mean all-defensive tackles and his 56 sacks, ranked third among that position group, and it's earned him three first-team All-Pro selections. He is a super smart guy. So let's talk Rams. They have a ton of guys scheduled to hit free agency this offseason. Many on the defensive side highlighted by Sue and including Marcus Joyner and Dante Fowler on offense. There's running back C.J. Anderson who bounced around last season before signing with L.A. in late December. So with this slew of unrestricted free agents, let's play... L.A. or the highway, you know, they're kind of middle <laughs> of the road so. toward yeah. in terms of their salary yeah. cap, so yeah. will they spend or will they not? So you set us up and you can react. Let's start with Sue. What do you think? I think
0: Sue... Leaves. I think he's highway. First of all, oh, you got the car on the touchscreen. The Rams have bigger problems because the apocalypse has happened. There's no traffic in L.A. for some reason. I don't know how this happened. You've never seen an L.A. highway that looks like this. But if there were hypothetically one, I think Sue is is taking the car out. I think this was a one-year situation all along. And they were going for it this year. And as great as it would be be to bring him back, there were no offensive linemen on that graphic we showed. They got a couple of those situations to address. Right, they, exactly. they have
1: they have some they have some issues they're going to have to deal right, with. For me, selfishly, this well, first of all, and Dom he needs to be a bust, man. It needs to be a bus there. And I want to say, I want, I want him to
0: stay in L.A. I in in LA. want him to go here
1: and I want him to take that discount. I want him to stay with Aaron Donald. This man has earned a lot of money in his career. You're missing one thing. He's missing that championship. He got a taste of the Super Bowl. You got a good team right there. Right there. I would say... Stay in there. there. Go. L.A. Go L.A. All the vehicles were gone.
3: Next up, <laughs> yeah. Dante Fowler, who was a great in-season pickup. But I don't know. Don't they need, like, a big-time pass rusher, like the lead guy? What do you think? Well, yeah, but they're, the big-time pass rushers
0: aren't going to hit the market, I don't think. think Demian Clowney? Those, Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Frank Franchise. Clark. I think they're going to get franchised if they don't yeah. get deals. So be hard. Fowler starts to look pretty good, and he played well for them. And look, their concern was that edge rush... Uh, you know, they get that great pass rush with Aaron Donald and Sue, but he was good on the edge. I think he goes, he stays in L.A. I think, I think it, so. I think
1: they, they could franchise him. I and there's a survive. reason why he stays in L.A. And I'm going to go this one right here. You see that? That's faster than your car. Is that the train? It's the speed is it, rusher. Is it going to speculation station? <laughs> All right. <That's> good. <laughs> oh, yeah. That thing flies. He's going to be going around the edge just like that. And then if he leaves, Aaron Donald's going to feel like that because if he have no edge rusher, Coming off the edge, yeah. and you need a presence like that. If you lose Sue, you gotta keep him. Yeah, it wasn't you not exactly got- slowing Aaron Donald down before they got Fowler. He was leading the League of Sacks. You he? gotta keep Aaron
0: Donald happy. I then. guess you like right? there. oh well, things, All right. yeah. Anyway, who's can't, next? Can't
3: wait to see what you have in store for Lamarcus Joyner.
0: Lamarcus Joyner has been franchised two years in a row, so they can't franchise him a third year in a row. They were in this position a year ago with Tremaine Johnson and they let him go. And I think Lamarcus Joyner is lead. let's put him on a bike we'll be a little I like it, ecologically, I like it. <laughs> ecologically uh responsible here because there's no traffic i mean you might as well take the bike so i think he leaves i think he gets a big payday somewhere else and they address safety some other way just their pattern with the franchise tag i think uh after franchising him twice that's probably it
1: i have to say i'm with you on that one i'll give you a thumbs up on that one oh, for the marcus joiner yes nice You you can't. I just say you can't pay everyone. Maybe a a younger player coming up, draft pick. Those younger developer players, they can do it. That safety position. You still got Johnson back there, but you definitely. If you if you lose him, you'll definitely need somebody to play that middle of the field.
0: Since
3: he's on a bike, could he ride to for the Raiders? Well, it's a long
0: trip. Yeah. <laughs> the only place you can take your bikes is Chargers, but I don't, I don't think they need Let's the help. Let's talk there, a little so.
3: offense. CJ Anderson. Offense.
0: CJ Anderson. Boy, what a find he was. Sitting on his couch, right, in, in November, December, and they, they brought him in because they didn't think, uh, you know, Todd, they knew Todd Gurley was going to miss some games. I think he, I think he, I think he leaves. I think because I think after what he did, he's going to look for a job somewhere where he can get a little more, a few more carries, maybe a little more money. This is what he did in December and January enables him to cash in at least one more time mm-hmm. in a situation where last year he might have thought uh, at a time that maybe it was over. He now has an opportunity he didn't have because of the way he performed for the Rams. So I think he goes and gets some money.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how they feel about Todd Gurley. You know, I, you say one thing, all right, but then. Your actions speak another, 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 another thought in my mind. It's like, why wasn't he utilized? I mean, do you like him that much? Is there something going on there? Do you feel like you need two backs? So if they feel that way, this would be a, be a guy to keep, so I guess I'm in the middle of the road here. They do right have actually. some young backs, <laughs> and uh, some of
0: them got hurt, so they may be bringing those guys back to replace him, so. Yeah. Can we, no. can we
3: put that little guy in there? Just yeah. cause he's cute. The Rams and
0: don't want to see any of these guys. Well, and there's
3: so many question marks. Yeah. Who do you reinvest in? Yeah, exactly. Who do you go after? Yeah,
0: yeah. Who do you do? I still think they'll have a strong team next year. I think the Rams will be strong. Very nice, there you yeah. go. Finish it off. I agree, thumbs up. Perfect. Thumbs up for the Rams. Beautiful.
3: Alright. Alright.
0: We use them all. LA
3: on the highway. It's NBA All-Star Weekend and this year it's Team LeBron against Team Greek Freak as captains of the All-Star Game. They got to draft their team so we got to thinking, what if you guys got to draft Yes. You are starting do this. five Soonzy. from the NFL. Team Teddy and Team Dan. These just our so five four.
1: favorites. Okay, I'll take the first pick. How'd you get pick? first pick? I, I, must McCoy, I must have won more games McCoy, last man, year. yes. That's how. No, that's not how. That's, that's not how. All right, my first pick overall, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking the league MVP. I want the defenses to respect my passing game as soon as Mahomes walks on that field and lifts his arm. Patrick Mahomes did everything he could last year. 50 touchdown passes. You see him scrambling around. He had the ability to move the movement skills and the arm to throw it across the field if he has to. I'm going to try to teach him to be safer with his decision-making, but he'll be fine to start my franchise.
0: That's got to be the easiest pick of all time. I know. I didn't even have to talk all about it The only thing I like about it is now I can wait till the end to take a quarterback because I know you're not going to take one. So I'm going to take... I think the best player in the entire league. You going defense. Aaron Dom. Dude, I'm going with the best player in the league on either side of the ball. This guy, 20 and a half sacks from defensive tackle position. Nobody does what this guy does from his position. Completely unique player, a disruptor, gonna be a nightmare for your guy, Mahomes. Okay. He's coming after him in
1: this somehow five on five uh, football game. (laughs) Okay, my second pick, he's so good, and cause he's so, and he's so young that he only needs one name, and that's Saquon. I'm going with Saquon Barkley, running back of the New York Giants. He can do it all for me with that quarterback. He's going to be a threat in the passing game. Just got to hand him off. And we talked about guys that can run without that offensive line in front of them. Make yeah. the first person miss. Saquon Barkley, I'm winning some games on the offensive Yeah, we side of saw the that firsthand this year, didn't yes. we? we were running behind
0: an offensive line that was struggling. That was going to be my pick. That was my next pick. You've stolen my first two picks. Thank you. So good job winning that coin toss or whatever. I think this is maybe my next favorite running back in the league and I like that Alvin Kamara can catch the ball and he can run the ball and he can he's an explosive player. I mean this is a guy who can score from anywhere on the field and I think in a game like this A five-on-five game where I got to outscore Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes. I need guys that can hit a 50-yard play, a 60-yard play. And Alvin Kamara can do that for me in a couple of different ways. So he's my running back after you stole Saquon from me.
1: Okay, for my third pick, I'm going to one of the most explosive humans on the planet. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. because I'm all about the catch and run. The slants, the little quick screens, and also he can take it deep. Everybody knows what he can do. And, yes, does he have a little bit to deal with, but nah, my team can handle those guys. You, my you, team can, can handle those culture. guys. We're a mature team. Yeah. You see young, quality individuals. We'll get it done. You did not take my favorite <laughs> receiver. I like this guy. I, like I love
0: Hopkins. him. I love him I think hes Nothing against Odell. They're, they're both fantastic. But this guy, technician at the position, can do everything you need him to do. He's my receiver for whoever my quarterback ends up being.
1: Okay, Show me who my fourth who pick is. Got
0: <laughs> oh, Khalil Mack. Defense. I got to go defense. You're going to disrupt gotta on the edge. got to have some type of
1: pass rusher. Khalil Mack, one of the best in the business.
0: I fitness. like that pick. And since I can't get him, I'm going with Vaughn. Who, uh, you know, was Khalil Mack before Khalil was. So uh, we each got our edge rusher.
1: Love and who him. I got on my fifth pick here? Stefan Gilmore. You gotta be able to rush the pass. You got score points? Obviously. More rush the passer? Than offense with this and cut, cover down. Obviously. And let me go Stefan Gilmore. Best in the business this year. And my quarterback. But you need one finally. Back! And better than ever. Andrew Luck. To take on.
0: I'm crushing you. Your team. There's no my way. My guys are Donald crushing you. Bond, there's my no guys way to hold the gun here for him.
3: That's a fun exercise. Plus, yeah. your offensive By line By the way, Valentine's Day was yesterday, but Teddy's still crushing on Saquon. <laughs> yeah, it's been long my day.
2: Guy.
3: It was a busy week in the NFL, great, yes. the off season And even though it's the off season on Friday, Still means challenge flags, Teddy.
1: Still got challenge flags. So, in honor of the NBA All-Star Weekend, I'm going to hit a little fadeaway challenge right there. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge Joe Flacco. Prove Elway right. You've been in football limbo for the last year. People, people wondering if you still love the game. Go to Denver. Have a good offseason and work with your teammates. Make the Broncos a contender again in the AFC West.
0: Philadelphia Eagles, enough with this nonsense with Nick Foles. Don't franchise him. Let him walk. You're not really gaining anything by franchising him. It might even hurt your ability to trade him. I I think you got to just say thanks for the job. Well done, Nick, and let him pick his next team. Let him go. You're a
3: fader. I'm going, chest pass. (laughs) For the Cleveland Browns, this is your most anticipated offseason in forever. Keep it going. You have a young quarterback. You're finally a hot destination for free agents. Don't take your foot off the gas. How about somebody like D. Ford, who John Dorsey already Ooh. drafted? one? Keep the momentum going. They got the cap right. On the show today, we had yeah. breaking news. In our last few seconds, grievance resolved.
0: Yeah, really surprising. The grievance that Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid filed against the league for collusion has been resolved. Hopefully we find out how much that cost.
2: His blood's boiling.